0: What's up, y'all? Episode 14 in our series on who God is. Tonight, I'm super excited. We're going to be interviewing Casey Hunt.
1: friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the
0: Bible. So, Casey, we always like to do our random facts. Um, I know you gave us a couple in our intro interview, but let's get another fun random fact about you before we jump in.
1: Okay. This is just a little bit embarrassing, and a lot of my friends from growing up know this fact. But I saw the movie Titanic nine times in the movie theater when it first came out. Like in the movie theater, nine times. And I've seen it, I think, one other time, like when they re released it, Uh I went and saw it and made it an even 10. So I have seen it a total of 10 times in the movie theater.
0: That is wild. Do you want to know something? I've never watched the whole movie. No way! I'll yeah. watch it with you. I've never. It's watched. such a good movie. It really I've seen like is. Random parts, but I've never watched the yeah. whole thing through. It's it's a good one. It's
1: long. Yeah, like when I, I think I about happened. all the hours I. That's true, spent and the money and the money. That's a lot of movie tickets. And I was only in fifth grade, <laughs>
0: so that's probably why I didn't see it in theater. I was in yeah, like you first would have been grade.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: that explains
1: it. <laughs> that <makes sense. laughs> My parents weren't like, "Let's go see." Something yeah.
0: All right. All right. So, tell us what um, what attribute of God we're going to be talking about tonight.
1: So, we're going to be talking about um, God's goodness, and specifically, we're also going to talk about how He's a good father. Good, good father. to you are. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't want to hear us sing.
0: <laughs> we'll leave that to our husbands. <laughs> yes. um, so why, why did you choose this attribute? So I
1: chose this attribute mainly because I kept hearing it whispered to me over and over as I was praying and thinking about what I wanted to talk about. I just kept hearing, I'm your good father, Casey. Mm. I'm your good father. And um, as I was thinking about it more, I... Realize that maybe the reason I'm supposed to talk about this is because. I have, um, walked through some things in my life that I think a lot of people would question how I still believe that Mm -hmm. God is good. And, um, I think it's important when we talk about God as being good, that we realize that it's not just about something that he does, but it's about who he is, everything he, um, everything he is, is good. And I love, um, Charles Spurgeon, he says in his commentary on Psalm 46, he says, God is good, not because he causes things that seem or feel good to happen in our lives, but because in the midst of the storm, God comes closer to us than the storm could ever be. Mm. And um, when I read this the first time, I just I got teary eyed thinking about it because this truth um, has been so evident in my life in the past, um, I would say seven or so years. I've just seen it so clearly.
0: Mm, good old Spurge. Yes. Will you read that again?
1: Yes, I will. He says, God is good, not because he causes things that seem or feel good to happen in our lives, but because in the midst of the storm, God comes closer to us than the storm could ever be.
0: Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I want that printed on something I know, pretty. I know. It's so good. <laughs> so so you kind of alluded to um, how people might question how you think God is good. Can you talk a little more about that?
1: Yeah. So to tell you a little bit about our story, when our oldest daughter, Cadence, was just a little over a year old, we found out that we were expecting another baby. And we were so excited being a mommy of many had always been my dream and when we found out we were expecting again it was like yes you know I'm on my way to making that a reality our babies would be about 22 months apart and it just seems so perfect but just a few months into that pregnancy we found out that our baby was a boy but that he had trisomy 13 and if you're not familiar with that it is a condition in which most of the major organs have something wrong with them and doctors will most of the time call it incompatible with life, meaning that the baby cannot live outside of the mother's womb. And a lot of times they actually die in utero, but if they make it term, a lot of times they'll even die during the birthing process just because they're so weak. So as you can imagine, we were absolutely devastated. And as we sat there listening to the doctor try to convince us to terminate, our, our sweet baby boy All I could pray was that the Lord would be closer to us than we ever even knew possible. Mm -hmm. And um, he was just that. Like over the next four months, he held me each and every day as I woke up. I just had this peace that can only be explained by God. And people would even ask me, like, how are you here? How are you laughing? How are you interacting like normal, knowing that you're carrying this baby that Mm -hmm. is not going to live? And I would tell them each and every time, it's God. Like, it's not me. It is 100% God. It was just this supernatural peace. And so he really, truly was closer to me than the storm was. And was I scared? Yeah. Was I sad? Absolutely. But I was able to rest in the fact that I knew my God was good. And I could just feel that closeness to me. And we've talked about it before. But I had faith that the Bible was a hundred percent true, and that what it says in it is true, even if it doesn't feel like it. Mm. And so during this time, I had to really, really just rest in that. And it's really cool how God works because the year before all this happened, Jonathan had been working on memorizing Romans eight, mm. and so naturally he had said it to me over and over and over, just as he was memorizing it. And so um, there's just so many truths in that chapter of the Bible it's become one of my favorite and so I'm going to read a little bit out of that if I can open my Bible and find it but this is Romans 8 and I'm going to start in verse 26 I'm going to read quite a bit but um, I'm going to read verse 26 through 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so I just leaned on that truth, especially of verse 28 that says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work Together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. I just I just really held on to that that it was for good,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I I didn't understand it. So during this time of so much heartache and fear, and honestly a ton of confusion, that was kind of my anthem. God's mm-hmm. good, God's good, God's good, and I knew it was for my ultimate good and also. God's good like the good of our father and I knew that he works all of this together for his, for his good. And so on July 16th, 2011, Isaac Preston was born and the Lord answered my prayers because he was born alive. Mm-hmm. Because there was a big chance that he wouldn't be like I said earlier and so the fact that he was born alive and he lived for about two hours was just a huge answered prayer over the next couple of hours he did slowly drift away from this earth and into the arms of our father in heaven and it's just such a joy to me to know that he never knew the pain of this world Mm -hmm. but only the majesty of heaven and so that is something that's another thing that I have just held on to during that time So now your question might be, how in the world is the death of a baby for anyone's good? And believe me, this is a question I have wrestled with for seven years now. Jonathan and I have had many conversations sitting in the living room, just tears pouring down both of our faces talking about this. But first of all, I've you know, come to the conclusion. And we've talked about this in past episodes that we just have to be okay with not always knowing or understanding all of God's plan he's bigger than we could ever fathom or understand. And this is so hard. Like this is so hard, especially when it comes to losing your baby. It's, it's hard to just be okay with it. But God has been so faithful to continue to give me peace and reassurance about that. And if we look back at Romans eight twenty eight, which I've already read twice, but it says, and we know that For those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And I'm going to read that last part one more time. For those who are called according to his purpose. And this could be a whole another episode in and of itself. But we see all throughout the Bible that our purpose is to bring God glory. So what is good for us is whatever is going to bring God the most glory. And sometimes that may involve our suffering, which which is a really, really hard thing. And I'm actually going to read a little bit about um, what... R.C. Sproul says this is out of essential truths of the Christian faith and this is when he's talking about God's goodness and he says on the earthly plane things that happen to us may indeed be evil we must be careful not to call good evil or evil good we encounter uh, affliction misery, injustice, and a host of other evils. Yet God in his goodness transcends all of these things and works them to our good. For the Christian, ultimately, there are no tragedies. Ultimately, the providence of God works all these proximate evils for our final benefit. And I'm not necessarily calling what happened with Isaac evil, but because we're fallen, because we're a fallen people, there is suffering. And Ultimately, though, like God transcends that and he uses that for his good. And so that is just something that um, I've had to rest in. And I may never know on this side of heaven how Isaac's life, short life and death is bringing God glory. But I know that it is. I know because it's bringing God glory, then it's good. Mm. Wow sorry that was a lot no that was great (laughs) like or vomit no that
0: was so great seven years of stuff
1: building up inside of me (laughs) I
0: think that that hopefully reaches and touches a lot of people that Holy Spirit is going to use that because I mean I know you and I know this story and we are very close friends but still like so many things that you said was just so encouraging and um like the fact that you said that you just pray that God would be closer to you than you could even understand. Like what mm-hmm. a beautiful prayer to pray for anybody that's walking through a season right now of suffering. I, I hope that that stood out to you and that um, that can become your prayer. I mm-hmm. think a lot of times our prayer becomes, God, let me feel your goodness. Let me mm-hmm. fix a situation so that it feels good. But ultimately like what you're saying is that, the good is God. Yeah. The good is not the situation being fixed and that that's hard sometimes. Um, but I think that's just, that's so good that, um, it's so good. (laughs) 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 I think, I just think that was such a, a beautiful point. And I love what you're saying about, um, that he works all things together for our good, even though it doesn't always feel that way. Right. And everybody, um, I'm sure can relate to that. Or if, hasn't walked through a season like that at some point will and Mm -hmm. hopefully can come back to this and and just listen that you know that you have walked through something that nobody ever ever would want to walk Mm -hmm. through but you're able to walk through it knowing still on the other side of it that God is good yes and that um it might not always look that way or feel that way but that he is yeah and that it's not I like what you said it's not that it's just how did you say it? It's not like part of him, but it is him or it's not just yeah, something he does. It's not just something he does. It's yes. who he is. Yeah,
1: And that's why this book, the essential truths of, it's like my favorite book ever, but his little two pages mm-hmm. on God's goodness is just so good. That's where I got that from. Like, it's just, it's, it, yeah, it just summarizes it
0: all up really, really well. Yeah. So how would you say that um, this attribute of God, that he is good, how does that um, build on the other attributes that we've been talking about? Well,
1: I touched on it a little bit already, but because of God's infinite nature, we won't Always be able to completely or fully understand why a certain part of his plan is considered good, especially the more painful parts. Mm -hmm. But we just have to trust because the Bible says it is that it is. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really hard. But God's ways are higher than our ways, just like we talked about. And he's bigger. He's outside of time. And we just have to trust that the Bible says it's good. So it is good, even when we don't understand And I think that the intimacy part of God's nature is where the father comes into play when we're talking about him as a good father. When we think about a father or a daddy, we usually think of someone that you're close to, someone that knows your likes, your dislikes, all your little silly quirks that we like to talk about so much. Yes, my dad knows I saw Titanic nine (laughs) times in the movie theater. I mean, it was his money, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so when we think about our father, we think of someone that cares about you deeply and, and that wants the best for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's how the the intimacy part comes into
0: play here. So um, we didn't plan on talking about this, but I'm going to throw you okay here. So like you're saying that sometimes we just have to trust that God is good. Do you have any practical advice for someone who's maybe walking through a season of suffering, like maybe certain books of the Bible or prayer with community or anything super tangible that someone who's like, okay, I'm struggling with doubting that God is good because I think that's fair. I think it's, um, sometimes we walk through a season of doubting God's character, but Mm -hmm. we want to try to combat that with truth. And do you have any just practical? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think just going back to scripture and I think, um, like I said, that, It was really, really neat that I already had Romans 8 so ingrained Mm -hmm. in my head Mm -hmm. because um, I might not have even been able to tell you at the time where it was coming from because my mind was just kind of a blob of mush Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of those months. But I knew it was there. yeah. And so I think just meditating on scripture, I think another thing for me was song, like worship mm. songs or this. This is kind of crazy, but we love the seeds, kids CDs, mm-hmm. and it's just scripture. And we have been listening to it with cadence. And so some of those songs, just that scripture in in the form of like songs, it helped so much with just that truth. And then, like you said, the community part that was huge. And I was actually talking to Jonathan about that piece last night because there's actually not many people here in my community community now mm-hmm. that walked through that season right. with me and sometimes that's really hard mm-hmm. because sometimes I feel um alone because those people that walk through that with me they they saw a side of me and a part of my life that my friends now didn't see even mm-hmm. though my friends now are amazing and have you know taken up that that I guess, kind of responsibility so well. But the people that were here, they were beyond what I could have ever asked for as as support goes, mm-hmm. and so they were just constantly reminding me of truth. You know, I even had a friend that one night at the park. You know, our kids were playing and having fun, and she she asked me. She said, "Okay, Casey. Well, why don't we talk about what you want to do for Isaac's service?" And that was a hard mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Like that takes a real friend yeah. to ask that. But she didn't want that to be on my mom. She was the grandmother. That's hard for her. Mm-hmm. Like she knew someone needed to do it, mm-hmm. and she did it she loved me so well through Mm -hmm. that time and so that was just huge and there were many times where she just reminded me of God's goodness Casey this is hard this stinks Mm -hmm. really bad but God is good and he is going to get you through this on the other side Mm -hmm. and and so yeah all of those things I think combined
0: helped keep me grounded in the truth Mm. it's good it's good so, where do we see this aspect of God's goodness um, in Scripture?
1: Yeah, so going back to Romans eight again, mm-hmm. Romans eight fifteen
0: says,
1: and this is a little bit more about. God is our father, but it says for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba father and actually looked up what Abba means. And a lot of times it's interpreted like in different sermons and stuff as daddy, but that's actually not what it means. When you go back to the original, it actually means an intimate respect. So it's almost like an adult child respecting their father. And so I just thought that was a little bit of an interesting piece of yeah. information. But I love how he gives us that picture of being adopted and how he chose to adopt mm-hmm. us as his sons and daughters. So I like that. Also, Luke 15, 11, the story of the prodigal son is just a beautiful picture of the father's love. And then Matthew 7, 11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And I think I'm going to talk about this verse a little bit more later. But mm-hmm. I like that one, too, because it's also just a really good picture of how not only is God good, but he's also our father. Mm-hmm. So it's all over the Bible but those were just three of my favorite places
0: so one thing we haven't really talked about so far is um, like our earthly fathers so if we're saying you know God is a good father I think everybody when we hear the word father has a certain you know reaction dependent on Mm -hmm. what their father was like so how would you say that this is challenging for people who have not had a positive father role
1: Yeah, so I feel like this can be such a difficult topic and such a painful topic Mm -hmm. for um, some people. My own earthly father was and is amazing. And I'm so thankful that he's given me a great example of the love of our heavenly father. But I do know that this is not the case for everyone. And that I know for some people, just the word father or daddy can bring about an incredible amount of um, negative feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to remember that the good and good father, your biological father is not perfect. Mm -hmm. Like he, he's not good. Like God is, he might do some good things, Mm -hmm. but his nature is not that of God. So his nature is not good. Mm -hmm. Even my daddy that I love so much and he is so wonderful, but he's a sinner and he will always fall short. Mm -hmm. But God, God is perfect and he is good. And so it's so important to remember that when we're thinking of God as our father, it's important to remember that good part, his nature, everything about him is good where we can't say that about our earthly father, no matter how good our earthly father is, no matter what he does that is good, his nature is not perfect perfectly good like our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: That's good. I think that's a good point to make because everybody's experience growing up is going to affect how we view God. Exactly. So I think that's that's a good thing to kind of take note and maybe you know reflect on you might be you know casting certain characteristics on God that are not true of him just because of relationships that you've had Mm -hmm. with your own father or you know. With anyone, for that matter. Yeah. Um. So you you touched on this a bit, but how else would you say that you have come to know God as a good Father?
1: So when I think about this question, um, it may be kind of cliche, but I think about it in a couple of different ways. The first thing I think about is the story of the prodigal son, and I feel like we can all probably relate to that quite a bit. But since I've been reading through the Old Testament, um, I also can't help but think of the Israelites. Mm. I love the song that says, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love because I feel like it's so true for me. Like. Our nature is just to like wander away. Like Mm -hmm. we, I was listening to a podcast earlier and John Piper was talking about how like that sin looks good to us. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. we desire that sin. And so we're prone to wander away from God. But each and every time we come back to him, he accepts us with open arms, just like he did the Israelites, Mm -hmm. just like in the story of the prodigal son, like his dad did. So I, I also think about this, like no matter what my little girls do. I will always love them. Like they can be so bratty, but at the end of the day, I'm opening, you know, I'm, I'm accepting them with open arms. And so that doesn't mean that there's not punishment or consequences for poor decisions, but I'll always love my girls and want what's best for them. And I believe it's the same with God. And that actually leads to something that we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier about like the, the consequences and stuff and we're not really going into this super deep in this episode but it can kind of play into God's goodness with his wrath and how those two fit together and they fit together like they work together they're not opposites mm-hmm. but they work together and there's a good resource for that that we we're both reading but it's Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Packer he has a whole chapter in there about that so if that's something you you want to read more on I think that's a good resource it's short and um, easy to understand because you can't just get through life without any punishment there's punishment and consequences but right. he's not Santa Claus right you know exactly and yeah. that's exactly what it says in that book mm-hmm. like he's not he's not Santa Claus but he is a good father that mm-hmm does welcome us back with open arms the other way that I've come to know God as a good father is I think about how he loves to give give good gifts and this is really where I struggled for a long time especially like when I would hear the song you know good good father I'm like I don't want to sing it because I'm afraid someone's gonna mistake it for the prosperity gospel and I don't believe that the prosperity gospel that's being preached so many different places, I don't believe it's biblical. And so because I don't believe that's biblical, I tend to kind of go the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, I'm not going to claim that anything's a gift from God because Mm -hmm. I don't want people to think that I'm like preaching that. But the more I've looked into God's character and just his nature, um, the more I've realized that he does love to give us good gifts like he delights in giving us good gifts. And so um that's where I want to go back to Matthew um and I actually want to start in verse 10 this time. It's Matthew 7:10 and 11. And it says, or if he asks for a fish, will um will get actually I'm going to back up. I'm gonna back up to verse eight. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. For which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give give good things to those who ask him? And that verse like gives me chills mm-hmm. because he's saying like we're evil. Like we have an evil nature <laughs> and that's, that's hard to accept sometimes. Right, right. But he's saying like, if you want to give these things to your children, like these, these good gifts to your children, like if they ask you for a piece of bread, you're going to give them a piece of bread. You're not going to give them a stone. You mm-hmm. know, if they ask you for a fish. You're not going to give them a snake instead. Like you want to give them what they want and what their hearts desire. And so if you, with an evil nature wants to give these things to your children, think about how much, much more our good and perfect father wants to give to us and just like most of our fathers here on earth like God's not gonna give us something just because we want it if it's gonna be bad for us Mm -hmm. like it's always for our good so like if we're asking him for something ridiculous you know yeah I mean that doesn't mean that he's gonna give that to us but he does delight in giving us good gifts so Like I said, that doesn't mean necessarily a lot of money or a big house or a fancy car. But when I sit and think about the gifts he's given me, I'm just overwhelmed by it. Like everything from my husband and my daughters to my friends to our church, even our dogs, Buddy and Bella – uh, Isaac, what a precious gift. I mean, his life, his two hours that I didn't know I would get to hold my baby alive, he gave that to me and that was a gift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even this podcast, like it's such a gift. And so I've I've learned to um, call it what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, those are good gifts from my
0: father and I'm thankful for each one of them. Yeah, I think I'm the same way as you. It's such a fear of coming off as prosperity gospel. And when we say that, I think what we're, what we mean by that is that the more faith you have, the more things God will give you. Mm -hmm. And I think we're so afraid of sounding that way that we go too far almost to what's called like poverty gospel where we're like, we can't have anything good. Mm -hmm. And, and to be honest, both of those rob God of his glory. Absolutely. If we're going too far to poverty gospel, then God's like, look at all these things I've given you and you're not giving me the glory for them because you're so afraid of, sounding one way or another yeah. when, like you're saying, in, in all honesty, we should be giving God glory for everything that we have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for sure. I like that. So how would you say that um, God's goodness and the fact that he is good affects your everyday life? So I think that just resting
1: in the truth that God gives, um, that God is good, it gives me hope Each and every day, no matter what's going on around me. So when I can focus on his goodness, it just helps me put things in perspective. And it also causes me to persevere because I know that he has a plan for me and for my family. And so in those moments when I'm like questioning things, I'm like, what in the world is going on right now? I'm like, no, I'm going to persevere through this because I know God's plan is good. And what's going to happen on the other side? Like it's, it's all for good and for his glory. And so I'm going to push on. Whereas when I'm not keeping his goodness in the front of my mind, I think that sometimes I can kind of give up so also I think remembering that not only is he good but he's my father it just helps me remember that intimate piece of our relationship the piece that says God cares about every little detail of my life that he wants to know what's going on with me with my thoughts with my worries my fears he wants to know what brings me joy he wants to know the desires of my heart he cares about it all and like we talked about last week he's not just sitting up there with his arms crossed looking down at us from his throne like he wants an intimate and personal relationship with us and I think that remembering that throughout my day that brings me that comfort that closeness that he's closer
0: than the storm I think that that's the, the father piece of it that's so funny this week Abby she talked back after um, I told her to do something and she's talked back and and she caught herself like mid-sentence and she goes Oh, well, I bet God's up there going, <laughs> should you talk like that, Abby? And I was like, oh, my goodness.
1: That's hilarious. To
0: her. She just came up with that. I was like, but we had a good conversation. Yeah. Like, no, God forgives you. And yes, there is a right way to talk to your mama, but he's not mad at you. Yeah. And so it was a good conversation. But that just made me think of that when you're talking oh, about that's that. Funny. But I think that's a really good point when you're talking about how it affects everyday life that that he is good. Because even in the mundaneness, mm-hmm. sometimes you might think, well, I'm not dealing with some big tremendous suffering right now Mm -hmm. so I must think God is good but even in the like just the mundaneness of laundry and dishes and going to work or going to school or whatever it is you do every day I think we can sometimes unintentionally just not think about his goodness whereas then things start to become frustrating or um, you might feel entitlement rising up in your heart Mm -hmm. like speaking from personal experience here that, you know, I don't want to do this again, or why do I have to do this? And sometimes the good of God's goodness is our sanctification. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that does not feel good and it hurts. And people point out your entitlement and you have to receive it and know that the good, that God is good and he wants what's best for you. And what's best for you to to look more like Jesus tomorrow than you do today. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's, you know, in the mundane moments, not in the big Huge moments that we think it is.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think one of the biggest gifts that um, God gave me through Isaac is just a different perspective than I had before. He was born and I'm um, talking about just everyday chores. Every single time I do laundry, every single time. It's not my favorite chore, especially putting that stuff up. Like there's a huge pile on our bed right now. It's folded. It's just not put up. Yeah, me too. So it's not my favorite chore. But every time I do it, I just look at these little clothes that go on my little people. And I'm just so thankful mm-hmm. because my heart longed for that laundry basket to be full. So yeah, even in those mundane things, I think it is a reminder of God's goodness and of those gifts. Mm -hmm. I mean, why are you fixing dinner? Why are you scrubbing dishes? Like what a gift to have a home to do this and to have a family to do it for like Mm -hmm. God's just so good. Even in those everyday moments, he's so good.
0: Mm -hmm. This has been so good, Casey. So good. So if you were to offer some resources, um, what would be your top resources?
1: Yeah, I've already kind of touched on a few of them. But <laughs> we're going to beat this into y'all's head, where you whether you like it or not. <laughs> the Bible and a concordance. I mean, that's, that's the number one thing. And that's honestly what I used a lot for preparing what I was going to talk about. But also essential truths to the Christian faith, R.C. Sproul. Love that book. Knowing God, J.I. Packer, and then um, Systematic Theology, Wayne Grudem, are That's all good, good resources. Yeah. Oh, um, and also Jen Wilkin has a new book out that I don't have yet, but she has a chapter on goodness in it, and I'm sure it is fabulous, as all of her stuff is. Um, it's called In His Image, right? That's what the book is called, right? She has two. I don't know. Yeah, no. The first one, it's not in the first one. It's, it's not, not in the one like we had. Okay. It's not in None Like Him. It's okay. in in His image, okay. um, because it's the one I don't have. So I'm sure that that's good too. If you want to pick that up, so.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm sure everyone is encouraged because I definitely am. Um, would you like to end us with a, a Bible verse? I really would,
1: and you know. I was actually going to use this verse like as I was talking through things, but I decided to do something a little bit different. And in my studying the past few weeks, this is a verse that just kept coming up and it kept coming up on whenever I was looking at God's goodness and whenever, whenever I was looking at him as a father. And then it also plays into next week's episode about how he's never changing. So I thought I would do a something a little bit different Aaron doesn't even know I was going to do this, but um, I want to challenge y'all this week mm. to, this is out of James 1 and I want you to read through James 1 and focus on verse 17, which is what I'm going to end the show with. Just study that on your own this next week, because it is just, it's hard to say that it's more full of truths than any other verse in the Bible, because all verses in the Bible are good, but it is just you know, some some verses just pack more punch than others, and it's a good one, and um, lots of good doctrine in it. And so, yeah, just spend some time studying the, this verse this week. So it is James one seventeen, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly
1: talented Kate Thomas.